Alright guys, thank you very much for joining me. This is Subliminal Message Studios. I'm your host, Leonardo, aka Leo the Lion. And this broadcast is going to be about who might be president in 2024. And along with that, we're going to go over a few other articles involving what's going on here in America. And what's going on as far as the world military. What I mean by that is what's going on with China right now? What's going on with Australia and Canada right now? And after doing a little research, ladies and gentlemen, um, let me just say this. Uh, it doesn't look good. So, guys, uh, getting... right into it or should I say should I say uh, ju jumping right in yeah faces multiple security challenges especially from its eastern neighbor China tensions on the border are rising again China is expanding its military infrastructure and now Xi Jinping is expanding the powers of his military China's president has signed new orders Chinese mouthpieces are talking about them Xi signs outlines that direct China's military operations other than war. That is the headline of the Global Times. Chinese military operations other than war. That's what they're talking about. Xi Jinping has set, set out the rules for such operations and the world has reason to worry. Reports say the Chinese president has signed as many as 59 articles. She um, so if, if, if you know, I, I, I'm not, and, and this isn't me trying to be, you know, um, uh, prejudice or um, racist towards this anchor. I actually love. I actually love this anchor. Um, she is amazing. Her reports are always um, very, very informal, and she's very factual. I'm just. I just want to clarify, uh, just in case no one understood. So, um, what she just said is <clears throat> China um, executed military orders that are non-military operational. China launches military operations other than war. So basically, um, that was a, a blank smack in the face towards the United States. You know how the you know what, United States has been funding Ukraine um, war, the Ukraine's war with Russia, or Russia's war with Ukraine. Either way you want to look at it, I don't, I don't really, really care. <clears throat> you know how the USA has been aiding and abetting and giving Ukraine the Ukraine military, you know, weapons and jets and tanks and javelins and everything under the sun, right? Well, China um, as a and, and of course the Biden administration, we haven't claimed that we are at war with Russia. So, what the Chinese military has done, what Xi Jinping has done, he's he has launched a military operation on Taiwan as we speak, and we're going to get into that here in a, a little bit. But he has launched a Taiwan uh, a military operation against Taiwan, and he's calling it it's he's calling it a non-military operation. Basically, the same thing that we're doing with um, Ukraine, and we're saying, well, we're not war with Russia. So if Russia attacks us, then they're the aggressors, right? 
they're the, you know what I mean, they're the boogeyman and stuff like that. So what China is literally doing, they're doing the same thing, only, you know, they're just saying, well, we're launching a military operation that's non-military operational against Taiwan, other than war. We're, we're launching a military operation other than war against Taiwan. It's literally a head, headline out of uh, a headline out of China's uh, China uh, South Morning China Post. That's the headline out of China themselves. So I've actually watched. I was able to get a hold of the actual clip of their anchors of the of the of the first broadcast of their anchors. And of course, it was you know in the whole. Um, military operation. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just talking. You know, I'm just talking shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's it's truly astounding, and it, it is a blatant smack in the face against the United States. But let's uh, uh, finish this up. This is about four minutes and thirty two seconds, but it is very very informal. So I I do want to get to uh, get to it all because when I get to these other call other articles, I apologize. You'll kind of see why um, why things um, maybe. Maybe really, really, really about to take off here in the United States. However, I don't mean um, with military invasion or anything like that. You see, China, China our enemies um, at this point do not need to invade us with troops on the ground yet. Because there's already a corrupt structure in place into the American um, system. Excuse me. That... The enemies of America, the real enemies of America, are using for their benefit. And whether or not they'll drop troops on the ground, I could see that most definitely happening if they uh, take guns away from Americans. Like if uh, we did an outright ban here in America, I can most definitely see uh, China launching a military operation in the United States. Our power, and they wouldn't have to go nuclear. This is the thing that I don't think people really understand. Um, when it comes to military, I'm thinking militarily. Um, geographically, we are in the best place because we're surrounded by water. Um, that no longer uh, helps us nowadays. It helps us, uh, don't get me wrong, it still helps us militarily. I'm, I shouldn't say it doesn't help us, but the enemies that we have and the enemies that we are facing now are able and have enough ships um, to completely block our ports and apparently in their own war games, just to get to this real quick, they've already, uh, China made a war game and one of the things that was in their war games, and this is a reason why, um, this isn't, um, this is one of the reasons why I could not sleep, um, and I'm going to get to the other reason here soon, but in China's own war games, they said, if we are going to invade America, maybe the best way we could do it is overflow their seaports with Chinese cont uh, containers and keep them there with artificial or with artificial intelligence um gun you know uh, uh gun gunships to where the like you know they could literally fire out of the container itself and through artificial intelligence it will start picking its targets well right now and still to this day because of apparently you know 
pandemic restrictions in China, we have massive amounts, almost 453 Chinese shipping containers all across America on each side of our port. That's a heavy amount of Chinese shipping containers that are circling our, um, our, 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 our bays of America, if you will. And the, the, the really scary thing is about it before we get to the rest of this clip is the military and, and the people at the port are told do not go inside these Chinese containers. Do not touch them. Man, they're saying it's because of pandemic restrictions. You know, you might get the monkey virus. You might get COVID. But these containers are just sitting there. No one knows what the hell is in them. Almost 453 of them. You know, so uh, it, it's... That's, that's just one of the things. You know what I mean? And, and by the way, the clip we are watching is about eight days ago, guys. So it's not old news, but it's just news that... The mainstream media does not want to talk to you about and give them, and, and, and I guess stress the importance of how dangerous uh, this is at the time. And I'm going to go into on why it is truly dangerous. Of course, America has been, um, has had enemies for a very long time. Of course, enemy will always, uh, America will always have enemies. However, at at this time, our enemies are so close to us that they would be able to hit us and we would never know what to do. And, and according to our Pentagon and according to the Biden administration, they've openly stated twice that if Russia nukes us, we will not strike back. If China nukes us, we will not strike back. Sacrificing one of our cities or maybe a couple of our cities like like human or like like um like kettle you know what i mean like um just you know something to be wasted and i guess that all goes uh, into the plan of bringing america down that was one of the main promises by um the rothschilds uh, uh, the 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 Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the United and the, and the British royal families that all came together, and before David Rockefeller died in particular, he he, he made his son make him a promise that you would destroy America. And well, they're they're certainly fulfilling that promise. I'll tell you that. Uh, but let's get back to the clip, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize. Sometimes I ramble along, so I, I apologize. Chinese mouthpieces are talking about them. Xi Fang's outlines that direct China's military operations other than war. That is the headline of the Global Times. Chinese military operations other than war. That's what they're talking about. Xi Jinping has set, set out the rules for such operations and the world has reason to worry. Reports say the Chinese president has signed as many as 59 articles. Xi Jinping is effectively legalizing the PLA's foreign military operations, foreign military operations of the Chinese army. What will be the nature of these operations? The Global Times has offered some clues. Allow me to quote from their story. This is what the Global Times said. Chinese troops can prevent spillover effects of regional instabilities from affecting China, secure vital transport routes for strategic materials like oil, or safeguard China's overseas investments, projects, and personnel. 
That is the official line from Beijing. That's some serious, um, very, very serious implications. I, I, um, I, what, what, what that means is uh, China, China, in layman's terms, let me say, let me put it like this. Um, and, and I'm not, and I, I'm sure most of you caught on to that. But in layman's terms, what they were saying is, we're we're gonna the same thing I said before. We're gonna launch a military operation on Taiwan, but it's not a war. So it's it's not a war, but we're launching a military operation. We are going to invade Taiwan, but it's not a war. Which, uh, yeah, and I'm going to get to the rest. Now let me tell you what the statement really means. It justifies any Chinese military mission abroad. So if there are Chinese citizens abroad, and if China feels that they're under threat, then they can send troops to another country. If Beijing feels Chinese infrastructure is at risk, the PLA can be deployed. China cannot justify deploying troops abroad to even guard oil. Now this might not sound like a big deal. Any country with a large presence abroad, like China, would like to protect its interests, and why not? The Chinese press makes it sound like a harmless proposal. They call it non-war military operations. But you see, euphemisms do not change facts. Look at Russia. They still don't call it a war. What they're doing in Ukraine is still, according to them, a special military operation. That's what Vladimir Putin calls it, not a war, a military operation. Xi Jinping is trying the same trick. Experts believe China could be borrowing the same terminology. You see, Chinese and Russian forces are masters of such tactics. Experts call it gray zone warfare. Huh. Now, what is gray zone warfare? It's actions and tactics that fall short of a conventional war, but hurt the enemy nonetheless. The objective is to subdue the opponent through a number of small victories over a period of time. And usually this is accomplished through small military operations, the ones that use limited military resources. China has practiced all of this in Taiwan. The PLA regularly conducts incursions and missions. Chinese planes, in fact, violate Taiwan's air defense zone all the time. They do the same with India. Chinese military activities near the border with India fit the definition of grey zone warfare. <laughs> Beijing amassed troops near the border in Ladakh without any problem. I'm not laughing. Uh, just, just, just to clarify, I, I'm not laughing at um, uh, what, what she's saying. By, by any means, I'm not laughing at that. You know what I mean? But I just this is where uh, the the India propaganda. This is a, a, um, a in India broadcast station. But this is where their propaganda comes in. You know what I mean? And of course, they're not going to. Um, they're not going to make. Um, they're not going to go into how Taiwan is actually sent over. And we're going to get to that. How Taiwan and uh, the U.S. and Japan actually has flown. Low uh, at low, very very low altitudes, um, Black Hawk helicopters in um, Shanghai and in other parts in China, like like armed up and ready to go, and they've flown. And it, that would be like the Chinese Chinese fighter jets. So that'd be like the chi Chinese helicopters flying at low altitudes in Omaha, Nebraska. That's basically what we did, and. Um, it's just now coming out, ladies and gentlemen, and, we're, and we are going to get to that. By the way, this is not nothing. I'm not. I'm not making any of this up, guys. This is news that's just now coming out, and of course, you're you're not going to hear this because in war, it's all about deception. And I don't think I don't think people really um, understand. 
understand that, you know, um, uh, and war deception is nobody's enemy. It's nobody's enemy, but it is everybody's friend. But um, I, I just, I, I just kind of wanted to get to that, um, get to that, uh, uh, that clip right there, guys, and that leads me into the uh, second reason, and that will lead me back into China <laughs> inadvertently. Um, but that will bring me into, uh, that bring me to the second reason why I, like I said, I, I could not go to sleep. Uh, that's not because I was, you know, I'm not saying the first reason was because I was scared of uh, China invading. Certainly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I just, that was kind of just a footnote, I, I, I should say, because, um, like I said, that's exactly what um, um, America's doing with Ukraine, and now China's doing it with Taiwan. And it's, it's just a blank, it's just a blank smack in the face, you know. It's, it's basically like... It's basically like walking in as your girlfriend's, you know, getting banged. So that's 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 the epitome of if like we're thinking military and uh, military and strategically and stuff like that's basically the epitome of what um, China just got done doing about eight days ago. But um, the second thing was, so I've been seeing article after article of. The Democrats, Washington Post, Denver Post, American ER, um, uh, Denver Post, um, New York, New York Post, all, 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 everywhere. I've been seeing the same thing. The Democrats are saying even they think that Joe Biden is too old to run in 2024. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure, like uh, mo most of you, have different reasons for why you cannot sleep. This is uh, 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 mine because I couldn't stop thinking about. Well, if, if okay, so if, if Joe Biden isn't going to run in 2024, he's too old. And I agree with the Democrats. This is something we can all agree with, uh, agree on right here. See, we need to focus. Cheer, cheers, right? Um, but I, I started thinking, well, who who in the hell? would be the uh, one of the Democratic uh, nominees, right? With uh, with this whole talk of the re big red wave that's supposed to come, you know what I mean? My main question is, you know, who cares about the big red wave? It, you know, and, and the reason and the I, I don't want to say who cares about it. Listen, I, I support it all the way, guys. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is. Not what if it doesn't come, but it will never come if the people don't truly understand and start making up their minds of what they really, really need to get mad about and, and, and stop getting mad. The only time, you know, that people ever get mad is, oh, when they, you know, the mainstream media blows it out of proportion and the general assumption is either racist or it's, or it's, or it's racist, you know what I mean? And then everyone gets involved, you know what I'm saying? Meanwhile... Everything under the sun is being orchestrated behind closed doors, and we read about it, we hear about it, you know what I mean? And all we do is just argue about it, you know what I mean? Right in front of our faces, gas prices skyrocket, you can't get a house for the life of you, you know what I mean? And they tell, well, don't worry, we're working on uh, affordable housing, Phil well knowing that technology is out there, and they, re they restrict it here in the United States. That's why they do not talk about 3D printing of uh, uh, 3D printers that print houses. 
they don't want that technology here. But out in Dubai, oh, wow, they're building mansions for under $85,000. They're building uh, uh, houses. They're building uh, big building constructions, all 3D printers. Better wake up, guys. We better um, wake up. But I, I got to thinking, you know, who, who in the hell it would be the um, Democratic nominee? And I think I might have an answer, guys. And Mayor Jordan, uh, as part of this large delegation, uh, we will be meeting uh, when we land uh, with senior uh, officials uh, from Shanghai government, and we'll be uh, hosting um, our San Francisco week uh, as part of uh, the World Expo. As you may or may not know, San Francisco is the only city in the world that is privileged enough uh, to have its own separate identity at the World Expo, which I think reinforces and underscores the relationship between our two cities and with respect to our two countries. Uh, so that's something I'm very enthusiastic about, kicking off uh, San Francisco week, uh, being there at the ribbon cutting. Uh, we also will be formally donating a very large sculpture to the people of Shanghai and the people of China. So that was Mayor um, Gavin Newsom, ladies and gentlemen. And there's, there's, I, I'm going to um, get to why I, I have this feeling that Governor Gavin Newsom is going to run for president, uh, run for president in 2024. And I think there's going to be a strong pull for that because of this article right here. And then I'm going to get into uh, another article which uh, backtracks about. Um, in between the days of June 2nd and June 5th of this year. And if you don't know how significant those days are, then you might want to wake up. I don't want to say that. But, but, but if, if you don't, that's fine. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm literally just kidding. If you don't, that's fine. I'm going to give you the information of why uh, those dates were so significant. Not to mention because the meeting got held right here in America. But um, Gavin Newsom, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the reasons why I can see Gavin Newsom um, running for president. So this is a headline right here, guys. Democrats make claim for a mantle of individual liberty, limited government, and abortion debate, right? House Democrats are preparing to use abortion rights as their heavy ammunition against Republicans heading into a tough election season that could cost them control of the lower chamber. Part of the strategy, strategy will include flipping the script on traditional GOP arguments with a message that is the Democrats who are defending freedom advocating for limited government and honoring individual rights. When it comes to abortion access and a looming Supreme Court decision, many expect to radically par back the constitutional right. So, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. So, ladies and gentlemen, ending right there, and I'm going to get to the rest of the article, but... um. I can see Governor um, Newsom being one of those people that supposedly flips the script. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go Republican. He would never go Republican, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't see that ever happening. 
that's not to say it's uh, out of reach, but you know, he, he, Newsom will do anything that China tells him. And uh, you heard it out of his out of his own mouth. This really shows the really really bright partnership between our city and the city of Shanghai. That statement shows multitudes. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this video of uh, Gavin Newsom that that was back. That was about like eight or eight, eight uh, about eight or eight, eight, eight years ago, about eight or nine years ago. So it was a very, very, very long time ago, guys. I mean, not long, long time ago. Got making myself feel old. Uh, but I believe that uh, he he will flip the script in a sense of he will start talking, and, and I've I've kind of already seen this too. With him bringing up, uh, with him, uh, his latest uh, $400 billion package that he uh, uh, most uh, most recently passed for the state of California, and um, him stating about, uh, him talking about how abortion rights are the fundamental uh, practice of, the cost of constitutional rights. And it makes absolutely no sense to link killing babies to uh, constitutional rights. It's just... It just doesn't make any sense. But that's, that's Governor uh, uh, Gavin Newsom. Um, but I do believe that he will be the runner for president. And I, I, I want to get to uh, the rest of this article, by the way. So, And, this, and it goes on by, uh, get this, ladies and gentlemen, California Democrat Representative Ro, uh, uh, Ro Khanna, or Ro Khanna. This is about how much people want government control. We're a party that stands for freedom and the freedom to be without government control over basic decisions about family and a person's own body. So the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee hosted several abortion rights groups, including Planned Parenthood, Emily's List, and Narrow on Wednesday to provide input on how to run winning campaigns on abortion in swing districts. Republicans need a net gain of just five seats to retake the House. The planning measures come as the Supreme Court prepares to release its ruling on a case that's expected to overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 case that granted women the right to terminate to terminate a pregnancy. So once again, and, and I, I do believe that right should be uh, I, I do believe that should be overturned. And uh, left up to the state, which is more than likely what the uh, Supreme Court would do. They will overturn it, and then they'll give the um, they'll give abortion uh, the the abortion laws uh, be to be left up to what they should have been left up to is the state. And you know, and the state will make their decision on whether or not they want to give uh, uh, women the right to kill babies after a certain amount of time. Most states will allow abortions. I don't think people, and this is what the libtards just don't understand. They, you know, uh, most most states. I mean, I'm not going to say all of them because that's just that's. I'm leaving room for doubt, but most states in America will leave abortion up to a woman. It's just they'll only have a certain amount of time. You know, like after a certain amount, uh, after a certain trimester. No, you're not killing the freaking baby just because. Oh, I just don't want you. Your man yeff me. No, 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 no. That's not. No, no, no. no. Like you have this time. If you don't, you know what I'm saying. And and that's you know that that's uh that's fair to them, I guess. You know what I'm saying. 
I think I think that's fair enough. You know what I mean? I'm I'm okay with that. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm getting off uh, getting off subject. So uh, Roe Roe versus uh, uh, Gavin Newsom and the possibility of him becoming. Uh, of him uh, running for president, ladies and gentlemen, and I have another uh, clip I want to get to. Among this, I have a few other. Uh, there's a few other parts of this uh, speech that I want to get to too. A few other clips, but the one of the reasons why um, I think Governor Newsom may make a run for president is what happened uh, in between the days of June second and June fifth. The Bilderberg Group um, met in Washington D.C. at uh, a hotel. And one of the things they discussed was the geopolitical pivot of Russia and China away from the West, which was one of the main focuses of the year's meeting of the Bilderberg Group. Now, that ended on June 5th. All right. Now, one of the more riveting facts was they also had very detailed talks of deep financial, uh, deep financial meltdowns and upheaval amidst government economic uh, economic uh, economic collapses so they usually typically uh, they usually typically um, meet in uh, Virginia sometime and most of the time it's in Chile but uh, I'm sorry I, I'm so sorry they usually meet in Chile this time they met in uh, Chantilia Virginia that was just outside of the Washington, out of Washington D.C. Now they kept the actual location secret this year, but however, the public uh, did see a list of some of the attend, uh, attendees at the meeting. That was uh, what they, what they say by the public. That was uh, you know info warriors that tracked these, uh, tracked that tracked the Bilderberg Group to this hotel. So it was uh, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla, Google CEO Eric Schmidt. Senator Christian Cinema of Arizona and CIA Director William J. Barnes. Global banking and financial industries were also represented at the meeting. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. Now, uh, Kissinger courted conversa uh, con uh, conversation with Zelensky and suggested Ukraine should succeed territory to end the war with Russia. And they're going to go into why they wanted uh, Ukraine to succeed and end the war with Russia. And I do believe Zelensky is doing just that. Because I am seeing articles coming out of uh, Ukraine saying how Ukraine actually is starting to blame the United States for funding the war inadvertently. So watch, I, and, and I, and I warn, I, I don't want to say, I, I kind of, I don't, whatever, predicted, whatever. I warned the United States and I warned civilians about this. I warned the Americans about this. And this is exactly what was going to happen at near the end of the war with Ukraine and Russia. They're going to start, Ukraine is going to start being butt buddies with Germany again. Same thing they did in World War II. Only this time, Germany and Ukraine is going to partner up with Russia, and they're going to have one common enemy. And this is among other countries that's going to partner up with Russia, but they're going to have one common enemy, the United States. I'm telling you right now, that's exactly, I, 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 I mean, I, I literally focus on exactly what these war generals were literally talking about. 
the transcripts that they are feeding to their soldiers and stuff like that. It's 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 all public. You just go to their websites and print it off. You you have to run it through a scanner. It's a unless you know how to speak Russian and Chinese and all that. I know I don't. I had to run it through a freaking scanner to re uh, to to re uh, reanalyze it so I can read it in English for crying out loud. Now, um, uh, one of the other one of the many other things that they uh, that they discuss. Um, was the war in Russia and Ukraine, uh, Ukraine succeeding to Russia, government upheaval, or a, gov a government collapse, financial collapse. And by the way, this uh, um, this all happened under under the shade of of darkness, like the American people have no idea how important and what rules and what what implications and what they were even talking about and how important like what they said was law and most of the time when the Bilderberg gets together they also imply a new president which unless they're waiting until the fourth year which will be here in four years and I'll be right around the time the elections are going I can't imagine that they're gonna wait until the last moment to elect a new president for their peasants here in America unless they know full well that America is just going to be gone before you know what I mean that you know a, a, you know, a, a new uh, president can be elected I don't know maybe maybe that was it but um this is where it kind of gets um uh, just a little spooky if you will ladies and gentlemen so another another one of their topics were China Indo-Pacific realignment, Sino-U.S. tech competition, Russia continuity of government and the economy, disruption of global financial system, disinformation, energy security, and substantiability, post-pandemic health, fragmentation of democratic societies, trade and deglobalization, and Ukraine. They were touching base on everything that is that they are orchestrating right now and not only and I, 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 I don't want to just say that ladies and gentlemen one of the key things that they uh, one of the th key things that I saw that was very very um, uh, let's say uh, that caught my eye if you will was China Indo-Pacific realignment they're talking about China getting back Taiwan but more importantly were they talking about a Pacific part around the Asian uh, continent that will spark World War Three, and more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, they also discuss items with exports uh, experts in Russia and Ukraine, including Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs Celestial Wall Lender and ex Deputy National Security Advisor Nadia Shadlow. Now. Vladimir Zelensky did attend the Bilderberg meeting, only he attended a few days uh, before they all got together, kind of in secret and Zoom. And I believe that was when Henry Kissinger told him, you need to succeed to Russia and hand Russia Donbass in the eastern parts. Because in the end, it's all about bringing down America. And I have some very spooky news rolling up to this, ladies and gentlemen. So... One of the other things they were talking about is political disinformation and political opposition, along with surveillance and 
possibly political elections. Now this also uh, this also comes with uh, uh, Alex Carp, who runs the infamous CIA Federal Surveillance and Data Analyst Company, Palatinar or Palatiner. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Now uh, this is in uh, this and. Let, let me let me get to a further statement. Now this is um, Gavin Newsom a while back ago stating that he will not run for president, and he makes a very very he makes a he makes a subliminal remark. He makes a very 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 um, a subliminal subliminally stated remark, and he says, "Ex president." Sounds better. And then they both go out to, you know, and then they both start, and then they both joke with each other and say, oh, well, you have to become president to be an ex-president. So, I, I want to get, and it's about a minute and uh, 16 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. And I, and what I was, and the reason why I wanted to get to the Bilderberg meeting is, is I know it happened uh, 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 almost, uh, almost a short of a month ago, in between the days of June 2nd and June 5th. But the reason why I wanted to get to that is because of the reasons why I'm going to build, or the reasons why I'm building this up into China and what's going on with China right now, and of why Governor Newsom would be the perfect Democratic nominee for the Bilderberg group. He already has strong ties with China and Shanghai in particularly. And if you don't know the military strategics in Shanghai, let me let me remind let me re remind you. Shanghai holds some of the biggest biggest military strategic command centers in China. That's where they hold most of their artificial command centers. Maybe, possibly, it's the same artificial intelligence that's linked to possibly what's in whatever those 453 Chinese containers that we cannot get into because apparently pandemic restrictions. And the World Health Organization actually backs them up with that. Something spooky is going on. Now, once again, here's Gavin Newsom talking about how Shanghai and the city of California or the state of California is deeply embedded with each other. Identity at the World Expo, which I think reinforces and underscores the relationship between our two cities and with respect to our two countries. So awesome, ladies and gentlemen. That, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, uh, quite a while ago. All right, guys. Quite, quite a while ago. Now, with the, with the next clip. And this, like I said, this is the next clip of Gavin Newsom saying that he'll never run for president. And this was back in 2018, right? And before, I'm sorry, before I play it, once again, he says subliminally, unless, or he says subliminally, ex-president sounds better. If you win, you're going to take office in 2019, 2020, right around the corner. Can you say definitively you will not run for president? Uh, that is not my aspiration. Uh, I've got four young kids. The oldest just turned eight. Uh, I already uh, have to deal with the reality of the Southwest flights up and down the state. I have no interest in Delta flights uh, to the middle part of this country, leaving that to more enlightened folks to my left and right, north to south. Uh, California will be well served by having a governor's working full time on the state's business. And by the way, quite substantively, 
the one regret I hear more often privately, not just publicly of Governor Brown, is that he came back to make up for the fact that he had his eye off the ball and was doing a lot of things in those first early terms, or frankly, he had a presidential lens, not the lens on California. And what a contrast, what he's accomplished in the last seven years versus, uh, I think, being focused elsewhere in those previous seven years is, uh, I think, a tell that we need a governor's working full-time on the state. Did I hear you say you don't want to be president? With all due respect, an ex-president sounds like a great job. No, <laughs> well, there's only one way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, looking in, and here's a tape. You'll have this tape. No. <laughs> very, very subliminal. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, very, very, very. Uh, like I, I, it's almost like they both had telltale signs. Like they knew what was going to happen, you know what I mean? Like they're they're laughing about it right now, kind of like when everyone laughed at um, Donald Trump when he said he's going to run for president. And everyone laughed at him and said, "No, you'll never be president." And then you know what I mean? He became president. This may be one of the same things where you know Gavin Newsom a long time ago, you know, was asked you know if he will run for president, and then he, <laughs> no, I'll, run, I'll never run for president. Uh -huh. But ex-president sounds better, right? Well, you have to be president to be ex-president. Oh no, you know what I mean? Like it's spooky, spooky shit, man. Like really, really, really um uh, spooky. And like I said, guys. Let me play this for you one more time. Office in 2019, 2020, right around the corner. Can you say definitively you will not run for president? Uh, that is not my aspiration. Uh, I've got four young kids. The oldest just turned eight. Uh, I already uh, have to deal with the reality of the Southwest flights up and down the state. I have no interest in Delta flights uh, to the middle part of this country, leaving that to more enlightened folks to my left and right, north to south. Uh, California will be well served by having the governors working full time on the state's business. And by the way, quite substantively, the one regret I hear more often privately, not just publicly of Governor Brown, is that he came back to make up for the fact that he had his eye off the ball and was doing a lot of things in those first early terms, or frankly, he had a presidential lens, not the lens on California. And what a contrast, what he's accomplished in the last seven years versus, uh, I think, being focused elsewhere in those previous seven years is, uh, I think, a tell that we need a governor who's working full-time on the state. Did I hear you say you don't want to be president ever? With all due respect, ex-president sounds like a great job. No, <laughs> well, it's there's only one way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Looking in, here's a tape. You'll have this tape. No. <laughs> here's a tape. You'll have this tape. No. But here we are in 2022, and... Governor Newsom, I, I and, and 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 as it turns out, uh, going forward with the Bilderberg uh, Bilderberg group that was uh, went on um, in the early months of uh, in the early month of June, Governor Newsom's secretary was apparently in the area, or at least what I'm hearing, if she wasn't in the area, she may have been in attendance of the Bilderberg meeting along or uh, herself. I don't. I don't know if they're trying to mold Gavin Newsom into a president right now, which is kind of what I'm starting to see, and how he's because he's changing 
his um, uh, you know his political uh, tone. He's changing his referendums. You know what I mean. He's starting to talk about freedom a lot more and freedom of choice and freedom this. And but it wasn't too long ago on how he was talking about how America's racist. This America needs to change that. You know what I mean. Uh, you know we need we need bigger government. You know we need uh, I, I fed the federal government east of California and this and that. And now they're talking and now he's starting to change his referendum. And I've seen this before in politics. Now, here is where the cookie is, uh, how do you say, uh, crumbling, okay? So this is CNN, BC, Yahoo News, CNN, ABC. I've, like, I have article after article, article after article saying the same darn thing. Even Fox News got a piece of this. This is the headline, ladies and gentlemen. Gavin Newsom should be Democrats' replacement for Biden. Top Democrat strategist, strategist suggests. Let me re-say that. Gavin Newsom should be Democrats' replacement for Biden. Top Democratic strategist suggests. I, you cannot make this crap up. So, let me get this straight. Gavin Newsom, about eight years ago, makes heavy deals, and, and and on top of that, he's also, hold on, he also made a deal, um, I'm going to look this up, hold on. So um, this and this is a, and, and and two years ago, Governor uh, Governor Gavin Newsom made a, a four hundred million dollar mass deal with China, and then he it was and then it turned out to be completely botched, and he and he got refunded two hundred forty seven million dollars. So he basically gave the government of China half of four hundred million dollars, a little a little under three, a little under two hundred. Uh, or uh, a little under 150 150 million 150 million dollars there's something so and that was and that was two years ago guys and I I've, and I I, court, I have a little clip on that too guys so we'll, we'll go to that real quick what do you want what I Details emerging over California's botched billion-dollar deal with a Chinese company for protective face masks. Christina Partinevelis joins us now with those details. Christina. It was a billion-dollar deal with so few details until late last night when I received the 42-page contract between California and Chinese electric car maker BYD. Up until two months ago, the firm switched from making auto parts to creating PPE supplies, masks, and ventilators. The FDA has approved the company, but any time a mask arrives from China onto American soil, it still needs further approval, which is why California rushed to go buy these N95 masks, and the most recent news we're hearing is that there's been a delay of millions of masks causing California to be refunded 
$247 million. Governor Gavin Newsom of California says it's the wild, wild west when it comes to securing a deal to get these N95 masks because so many states are competing right now. It's also why he's been so hush-hush about this billion-dollar deal. What we Ah, because so, so many states are are so rapidly trying to buy um, a mask. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Um, and we know that for a fact because even here in the city of Omaha, Nebraska, during the peak of the pandemic, there was a local lady that actually was able to supply half of the city of Omaha with her own personal mask. There's, they, and KTV actually did a little report on it. So, um, and I'm done, I'm done with that freaking, that, that crap. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I think, I honestly think that Governor Newsom is going to be, uh, in my opinion, and he, and he's a suggestion, I'm just, uh, let me say that, Governor Newsom is a high suggestion with his links to Shanghai, and it's, and this goes back, obviously, about 8 to 12 years ago with Governor, uh, Governor Newsom's links with China in particular, these botched deals with these masks, and money just completely disappearing. What happens to the other 150, almost 150 million dollars? We'll never know. All that U.S. taxpayer money in California gone. They never even give a shit to even ask for it, apparently. And then we wonder why politics think they can run all over us. But um, so getting back into this article, guys, and this is once again the Bilderberg meeting. The Bilderberg meeting took place June second, and between June second and June fifth, they discussed almost every single thing that is happening right now, including possible presidential election. Now, Governor Newsom's secretary showed up at the Bilderberg meeting, or was in the area, and now I'm reading articles like this. This is once again. The headline, Governor Gavin Newsom should be Democrats' replacement for Biden, top Democratic strategist suggests. California Governor Newsom may be the Democratic Party's strongest choice to run for President uh, President Joe Sleepy Pooped in My Underwear bows out. Longtime party, uh, party uh, strategist David Al Alex Rod says, Alex Rod, who served as former President Barack Hussein I'm going to blow up kids in Iran, Obama. Chief strategist made the comments in a Wednesday statement to the New York Times. The 2024 presidential race has been burning questions for Democrats. With no clear hair to Biden and many party members skeptical of whether the president could or should run for a second term. If the president were not to run, it's hard to imagine that Newsom would not be sorely tempted to enter the race. Newsom is young and politically muscular, which may be just what the market will be seeking post Biden. He added, uh, seeking post Biden. He added. So, and this, and like I said, this also falls in line with this supposed democratic strategy that they're going to formulate, with them talking about the Democrats being the party of small government and pro-choice of individual and. All the stuff that the Americana is really, really about. And honestly, this would be a, a very, very, um, uh, this would catch America uh, at, at maybe at the right tail. And I could see how they could use Governor, uh, Governor Newsom as the 2024 uh, presidential candidate and push him to the top. He has top, he has top 
deals. He's made top deals with the Chinese uh, military. He's very already embedded with the Chinese military, which would inadvertently link him with the military dark swamp, you know, with the with the swamp of Washington D.C. We all we already already know that, of course. Biden would happily step down, especially. Now, it goes on by saying rumblings of Newsom's prospect come as Democrats are increasingly abandoning hopes that Biden could run in 2024. Democrats need fresh, bold leadership for the 2024 presidential race that can't be Biden. Lawyer Democratic National Committee member Sheila Huggins told New York Times last week. So, like I said, guys, even the Democrats are echoing that we do not need Biden to run in 2024. And Newsom Newsom would be almost like the new John F. Kennedy. And just imagine if they blew his head off. Imagine the riots that would produce off of that, ladies and gentlemen. Now... Another person, as far as Republican, uh, that would be running if uh, Trump, of course, Trump has already stated that he's going to run, but another uh, Republican candidate while we're on that subject is, of course, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. Now, I could definitely say, uh, see him making a move for it. Um, whether or not that, I could also see that playing into the global uh, global agenda and how that could help them in the break apart of the Republican Party, which is what they want to do. Now, in the mainstream media's own words, of course, Biden's Republicans are all for it. You know, you know, shout out to Don Bacon. You know, uh, the new term Biden's Republicans can do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing, man. It really is, dude. But um, so, and and of course, this go uh, article goes on to even say some stars within the Democratic Party are already appearing to break away with Biden ahead ahead of the midterms of twenty twenty four. That uh, that of course they're talking about AOC, which uh, she even refused to say that she would vote for Biden in twenty twenty four. Now, getting into uh, some more news, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, uh, we're, let's go to a quick break real quick. And then we're going to get uh, get into um, what's going on in China. And this also echoes with what was talked about in the Bilderberg meeting in between June 2nd and June 5th. And the reason why I want to get back to, like I said, one of the main, before I go on break, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to repeat this when we come back, but one of the main things that really, 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 really got my attention was how the Bilderbergs were talking about Pacific region and China Indo-Pacific realignment. They're literally talking about giving China the go-ahead to not only be the superpower, which is we already know that's exactly what they did, but giving China the go-ahead to invade Taiwan and take over Japan. And I possibly might know where uh, it all might start, ladies and gentlemen, because of their the, the because of the way they hit us with subliminal messaging. They always do that. 
they they talk through general speech and they talk through double tongue you have to realize that the way these secret societies work they always tell you what they're going to do to you before they do it they do that through and they i, I don't know if they do that because they think if you're too stupid enough to find out what they're going to do, then you deserve what's going to happen to you. I, I don't know their mentality. They're, they're, they're sick. They're, they're very, very sick and a, a troubled group, ladies and gentlemen. But let's go on a quick break real quick, and then we'll be right back. If you win, you're going to take office in 2019, 2020, right around the corner. Can you say definitively you will not run for president? Uh, that is not my aspiration. Uh, I've got four young kids. The oldest just turned eight. Uh, I already uh, have to deal with the reality of the Southwest flights up and down the state. I have no interest in Delta flights uh, to the middle part of this country, leaving that to more enlightened folks to my left and right, north to south. Uh, California will be well served by having the governors working full time on the state's business. And by the way, quite substantively, the one regret I hear more often privately, not just publicly of Governor Brown, is that he came back to make up for the fact that he had his eye off the ball was doing a lot of things in those first early terms, or frankly, he had a presidential lens, not the lens on California. And what a contrast, what he's accomplished in the last seven years versus, uh, I think, being focused elsewhere in those previous seven years is, uh, I think, a tell that we need a governor who's working full-time on the state. Did I hear you say you don't want to be president ever? Who wants that? With all due respect, ex-president sounds like a great job. <laughs> with a delegation that totals about 80 people. Uh, the purpose of this delegation, again, is to uh, reinforce our uh, long-standing relationship with the people, not just of Shanghai, but China. Uh, it is an important trip. Uh, it's a trip that uh, has, uh, I think, um, uh, a lot of benefit uh, between our two uh, countries and certainly our two cities. Um, we'll be joined by Mayor Brown, uh, and Mayor Jordan uh, as part of this large delegation. Uh, we will be meeting uh, when we land uh, with senior uh, officials uh, from Shanghai government and we'll be uh, hosting um, our San Francisco week. Uh, as Welcome back ladies and gentlemen and thank you very much for joining me. This is Subliminal Message Studios. And we were, uh, honestly, we were kind of going over the possibility of Governor um, Gavin Newsom being the Democratic nominee. We were going over the Bilderberg Group and what they were discussing about the China Indo-Pacific realignment, which is basically another term for them saying China has a go-ahead of being the new military police of the world and not only that they have to go ahead to invade china taiwan which we now confirm that they have done only it's they smacked uh america's military in the, in the face by saying we're launching a military operation that is not war against taiwan so you know you guys can arm you know if you guys can arm ukraine you know and bolster up a war with a war with russia and not call it war well then we're going to launch a military operation and it's not war against taiwan a blatant smack in the face among other things they're also possibly talking about political election governor newsom's secretary was at least near the bilderberg meeting at that time in the same area newsom has strong ties with shanghai very strong ties. Just 
two years ago, he made a botched deal with Mass with China. Eight to twelve years before that, he made a delegation run in, a delegation run into Shanghai, given over economical stature to the city of Shanghai. Which is why you see California always kind of being the playground right after the lockdowns happen at Shanghai. They always seem to happen at California right after that. That's why you see that. Now, after that, I'm seeing articles, ladies and gentlemen, of the Democrats seeing, saying, we do not want Biden to run again. We don't support that crap. He's probably going to drop dead before that. Now, uh, Top Democratic strategists are saying that Governor Newsom would be the best option for the Democratic Party. This comes right on time when the Democrats plan formulate a supposed strategy to make themselves out to be the party of limited government, the party of free individual choice, the party of constitutional rights, and right on time along with that, I see Governor Newsom start talking like he is a Republican that believes in freedom all the way straight through, you know, the hippie freedom, you know, come on, man, you know. This all correlates together with what's going on along with China as well, ladies and gentlemen. Now, getting into some, uh, getting into what I should say, uh, the scary, 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 scary news. Well, this should, you know, well, you make up your mind whether it it, it tightens up your um, uh, butthole. I know it did to me. When I uh, read about it, and of course, there's pictures to back this up, and I actually have the real, uh, the actual tr- transcript from um, Tokyo itself. I, I am right now. I'm in the middle of scanning it so I can actually read it in English. Now, this is the headline: U.S. forces concludes low military helicopter flights over Tokyo, and they say they broke no rules. Kind of like when Wang says, you stupid Americans, you don't understand. Taiwan has always been part of China. It's a historical fact. Well, the United States basically said, we flew low military Black Hawk helicopters in Tokyo and we broke no rules. <laughs> That's I, I, I'm not trying to be that big of a smart ass, but I, I, I'm trying to... It's basically what happened. So the United States Forces has concluded its helicopters low altitude flights over central Tokyo. Flights so low that they are illegal for Japanese aircraft. And they're saying they violated no international or Japanese evasion laws. Aviation laws, I apologize. In its final investigation report submitted to the Japanese government, U.S. forces stated that it has not confirmed any flights in violation of U.S. military regulations, and it claims these regulations are consistent with International Civil Aviation Organization rules and Japan's Civil Aerodynamics and Narcotics Act. 
The Japanese Ministry of Foreign Affairs told Medicinia the report came in response to a Japanese government request that the U.S. forces confirm the facts regarding flights. While U.S. forces insisted that no rules breach had been confirmed, it said it once again instructed all its air units to comply with the rules when flying. Now, the machine has reported on low-altitude flights issues since February 2021. Remember that date, ladies and gentlemen, February 2021, because that correlates with a lot. The videos proving U.S. military helicopters were passing just 200 meters above busy Shinjuku Station, among other crowded areas, under Jap- Japan's Civil Aeronautics Act. Aircraft must stay more than 300 meters above the highest building within a 600-meter radius in densely populated areas. The altitude criterion is set in accordance with ICAO rules. Now, real quick, the reason why I wanted you to remember um, February 21st is because of what... Fauci was talking about on Congress during February 21st and what the Chinese military was doing during February 21st. I want you to look that up and then get prepared to kind of get your mind blown. And uh, not only that, uh, these low altitude um, tests, right? I'll refer you back to the... um, Las Vegas shooting where there were reports of low altitude flying helicopters that were shooting at the crowd. Multiple reports seeing three helicopters that were flying at very, very low altitudes and seeing gunfire bursts from these helicopters. Now, February February 21st is another example of us doing just that there's other there's other speculations to this ladies and gentlemen now these are all just my opinions it's not like I'm trying to far reach but the the question of the matter is Japan oh you know I'm gonna get to it guys so under Japan's Civil Aeronautics Act aircraft must stay more than 300 meters above the highest building within 600 meter radius in densely populated areas the altitude criterion is set in accordance with ICAO rules now listen to this while Japan's minimum safety altitude rules not apply to US military helicopters due to a special law based on the Japan US status of forces agreement the SOFA. That was the agreement that we set in stone with Japan after after we blew the living crap out of them with uh, you know with our nuclear bombs. So the court also requires USF USFJ to respect Japanese laws and regulations. In February 2021, Japanese Foreign Ministry requested the U.S. to confirm the facts regarding low altitude flights. Shortly after the request, this is where it gets creepy, the U.S. explained that no flights had been found contravening U.S. military rules, themselves in line with the ICAO and Japan's aviation law. At the time, the U.S. asserted that it would not be easy to confirm the details because it had been a while since the flights in question. The U.S. had not provided a final answer since. What is going on with... um, uh, 
what is going on with China's uh, China's politics and China's military right now. I warned you guys about this a long time ago on how China is starting to make deals and made a deal with Taiwan and China. Or I'm sorry, how J- uh, Japan made a deal with Ty- uh, with China over Taiwan, and how China and how Japan has been passing out war handbooks to their civilians, telling them that we are getting ready to go to war with America. Also, I reported on that a while ago on uh, Japan passing out war handbooks to their civilians and saying just that, the same thing, almost echoing the same thing that the Chinese doctors got caught saying. That was on the internet. Don't you you get inside? Don't you understand? We are getting to war, getting ready to go to war with America. I mean, serious, 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 uh, strategically placed military actions right now. And once again, they don't have our our enemies, our military enemies do not have to invade us right now. They're doing it by the corrupt the corrupt government that's in, that's in place in America is doing it for them. Through mass migration, changing the geological and economical perspective and situation in America so drastically, so fast. When you're when a country is already at a, at a point of um, depression, well, now this will push us past depression. And guys, a strip here we come, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how else to say that. Now, according to the foreign ministry, upon receiving the latest response from the U.S. forces, it once again demanded that the U.S. thoroughly ensure the safety of their military flights. However, the ministry refused to answer the machine's questions about the details of their communications with the USFJ or whether it had confirmed the purpose of the low-altitude flights, as disclosing these would concern our exchanges with the U.S. Now, with more than a year having passed since submitting the initial questions, the Machine has decided to report on the current situation. So, once again, ladies and gentlemen, U.S. forces have not replied, and a public relations representative told the Machine on February this year that they had not yet formulated a response. This right here is a direct response. It's, it's, not, it's not only a direct call or a direct response to future war in Japan once again, but Black Hawk, Lowing, uh, Black Hawk Flying Helicopters... Flying low in Japan has not been seen since the early of 1980s when Japan was in an upheaval. <coughs> kind of operated by the CIA where they, where Japan wanted its own independence away from, uh, away from America's military. So the CIA stepped in and, you know, they started a bunch of civil wars and, you know what I mean? They're like, all right, we'll back off. We want America. You know what I mean? They're like, damn right. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, we've been arming Japan since 1979 giving the most updated military weaponry on all fronts and now this this is just another aspect of what they're not telling you this is very very important this is inadvertently the same reason um uh you know uh the same reason why i've been so correct on uh so many different uh military aspects especially what's going on in russia and ukraine and um uh, china and japan uh, north korea and south korea iran and india 
Serbia, the Serbian arms deal. You know, I, I reported on that. The Kuril Islands. I'm starting to think the Kuril Islands, the meeting in the Kuril Islands, was a military strategic meeting to allow, or not maybe not to allow, but to open up the door for China, Iran, Russia. And possibly Serbia, or uh, Israel, I'm sorry, not Serbia, but Israel. It may have been the door that they wanted to open to allow these military units or these military um, powers to begin and really, really start setting a, a plan in place to invade America and invade the western parts of the world. And we see that um, on a map. Whenever you look at monkeypox on a map, you literally, literally see how um, almost monkeypox is only affecting the western parts of the world. It's a very, very, very. Um, it's very weird. But uh, get, getting getting into getting into some more news and, and to further this, guys. And once again, guys. Um, what did I say about the Bilderberg mentioning this one thing that really caught my eye? It was the China Indo-Pacific realignment, guys. Where is this China Indo-Pacific realignment going to start? Well, we know what they're, we know the realignment with China and Indo-Pacific could ultimately mean the realignment with China and Taiwan, possibly China, Taiwan, and China, uh, meaning China, because China would always always has always considered Japan uh, along with Taiwan to be theirs also um, going all at, like they they claim that through um you know um ancient history and all this and that guys you know but um you know they can blow it out there uh, Nazi Nazi devilish filled asses but uh, so guys listen to this guys this is the headline. Why this tiny island in the Pacific may be ground zero in a war with China. Guam. Now, in a war with China, the American territory of Guam would likely become the 21st century Pearl Harbor. Stacy Patijan, a defense strategy and wargaming expert, said that most of the war games involving a Chinese invasion of Taiwan that she has uh, led had begun with the team playing China attacking American bases on Guam and elsewhere in the Pacific to prevent the U.S. military from bringing significant com uh, combat power to the early stages of the fight. Guam, which is more than 1,700 miles from Taiwan, is home to Anderson Air Force Base, where B-52 bombers deploy on a rotational basis, as well as Naval Base Guam Navy Base in Apra Harbor, where several submarines are home-ported. The island has been part of the United States since becoming territory in 1898. Now, China currently has 300 DF-26 intermediate range ballistic missiles with an estimated range of nearly 2,500 miles, which are capable of striking Guam and U.S. Navy ships, according to the Defense Department's latest report on Chinese military power. Now, in 2020, Chinese Air Force released a video showing one of its nuclear-capable H-6 bombers launching a simulated, a simulated cruise missile strike against an airfield with the same layout as Anderson Air Force Base. Yeah. 
Now, I can, and I want to go back to Governor um, Governor Newsom because it turns out right now, Newsom is making more deals with Taiwan and become at uh, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan. I'm so sorry. Governor Newsom, as it states right now, is making more deals with China and partnering up with the city of Shanghai, almost like they are, almost like California is no longer taking direction from the American government. I want you to pay very close attention to the um, things that are happening in California right now and where they're getting their ideology, where their politics are coming from. They're all coming from Shanghai. I mean, talk about some spooky, spooky shit. And now this, ladies and gentlemen, talk about some spooky, dooky stuff. And it goes even further than that. Listen to this. China and Russia alarmed Japan with Navy Navy drills south of Tokyo. Japan went on high alert earlier this week after numerous warships spotted south of Tokyo indicated an increased presence of Russian and Chinese forces near the country territory. Seven Russian warships were spotted moving southward off of the coast of Japan's northmost island, uh, Hokuto, on Thursday and, and Friday. According to the Jap- uh, Japan Times passing by the inhabited Izu Islands, Japan's joint staff confirmed that the foreign vessels were monitored by ships and aircraft from the Maritime Self-Defense Force. And it goes even further than that, ladies and gentlemen. This just happened not only a, uh, not only 20 hours ago, um, um, a little maybe even over the, uh, a day ago. Official page coming out of Ch- uh, South, uh, China Mor- uh, South China Morning Post. Uh, Jesus, South China China Morning Post, China to strike U.S. bases in Indo-Pacific aircraft carriers in war over Taiwan. Where did they say they were going to strike? Their, um, where did they? Where did China say they were going to strike? That's right, in Indo-Pacific bases. What was the Bilderberg Group talking about when it comes to China? Indo-Pacific realignment. It go, and, and, and like I said, guys, this is um, it's 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 a, something that we need to be very very much aware of, especially when it comes to uh, Governor Newsom and how closely he's sucking Shanghai off. If you know what I'm saying. So the article goes like this. The saber rattling and muscle flexing between People's Republic of China and the United States over Taiwan reached boiling point in the late and the last few weeks after U.S. President Joe Biden said in Japan on May 23rd that America would military intervene if China tries to annex the island country by force. A furious Beijing shot back within hours warning America to be cautious in words and deeds, asking it to earnestly follow the one China principle. The White House immediately denied any change on its once-chance policy that the Republic of China or Taiwan is part of China and another denial of Biden's off-repeated gaffes on military intervention on Taiwan's behalf, including the one made during a CNN town hall in October 2021. Now, China's defense ministry 
Wu Fingyong reiterated X stand during a meeting with his U.S. counterpart Lloyd Austin at the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore on June 10th, warning the U.S. Defense Secretary that China would not hesitate to start war. He said, "Taiwan is China is Taiwan is China's Taiwan. If anyone dares to split Taiwan from China, the Chinese army will definitely not hesitate to start a war, no matter." What the cost? In an aggression speech delivered to the summit on June 12th, Wu repeated China's determination to fight to the very end to stop Taiwanese independence because it's a historical fact that Taiwan is ours. Now, almost 20 hours ago, 20 freaking jets were spotted flying over Australia's land. And on top of that, another 20 were spotted flying over the Indo-Pacific region of Taiwan, including Russian warships. This is all going on about 20 hours ago. I, you, cannot, you cannot make this up. You cannot make this up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I mean, it's, uh, it's real. So uh, and it also goes on by and it gets and, and and this is an and it gets even worse. It goes on by saying by saying. By the time the Russian-Ukraine war gets over, Beijing would have gained sufficient knowledge from the military mistakes of Moscow, its logistical nightmare, and lack of coordination in the initial phase of the war, and how to prevent them and plan a foolproof attack on Taiwan and the United States like it did after the two Iraq wars. China will learn from Russia's miscalculations in the urban warfare in Ukraine before launching a ground attack considering that Taiwan's 24 million population is concentrated in dense urban areas like the capital of Tupay. Besides, the vast difference between the size of Taiwan and Ukraine will be another factor in China's favor with its forces not facing the same difficulties in controlling areas as faced by Russia. Now, one of the earliest war games planned by American nonprofit global policy think tank Rand Corporation in the early 2000s to find out the winner in U.S.-Taiwan confrontation over Taiwan 10 years later revealed that Beijing would use that the Pentagon refers to as A2AD that's anti-access uh, aerial denial to prevent any Iraq-like American military buildup. Rand came to this conclusion after studying classified U.S. intelligence on Beijing military plans and weapons programs that also showed how Beijing had mentally studied the two Iraq wars and transformed the PLA. And did you hear what they did? You hear what uh, what what they, what they said? They said mentally studied. Minutely studied the Iraq wars and transformed the PLA. They studied both of the Iraq wars in minutes and then immediately transformed their military to defeat our military off of our off of our mistakes in the past in the past of us engaging in wars. Scary, scary, scary shit. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen. The United States military got their artificial intelligence programming for tracing and tracking people. You know how they were able to trace, uh, tra uh, tra trace and track the January 6th protesters so fast within seconds, thousands of them? It's because they got that same technology 
from the Chinese military. So that's why the Chinese military is openly stating that, oh yeah, we steadied the two Iraq wars in minutes. And then we transformed our military. So guys, um, you know, like I said, this is this is going to bring me. Uh, this is just going to be a short little broadcast. I wanted to keep it short and sweet because I honestly think that um, there is some uh, uh, there is some significance to this. There is uh, um, some uh, real formality to this. This was uh, spoke about in the Bilderberg Group. What we do know, if we look at history, is every single time the Bilderberg Group does get together, that is one of the many things that they go over. And when they snap their fingers, what they say is law, and that soon gets put into place. We've seen that every single time. I don't want to say I'm officially predicting that Governor Newsom will run as president and possibly be the next president in 2024. Because after all, the Democrats stole the last election. Why not do it again? But... I am certainly saying that there is a very, very strong possibility of Governor Newsom becoming president or at least making a run for president with his deep ties with Shanghai. And we all know what's going on in Shanghai Shanghai right now. Remember the drones? Resist your heart desire for freedom. Stay inside and kill yourself. Do not worry about food. Kill yourself. Remember the dogs that were walking around the neighborhood? Yelling at people to stay inside. That's what Governor Newsom is embedded with. And um, I'm telling you what. It's kind of creeping me out even talking about this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Because it all does make perfect sense. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, please follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. More than likely, follow me on Twitter. Because that's where you're going to find all of my short little videos of... uh, if you're listening to this on audio and you just want to see the short little videos, that's where you're going to find the short little videos. It's right there on Twitter. Follow me right here on Anchor or Spotify for the most updated information and or Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. Either way it goes, thank you very much for your um, par- participation on this late night adventure. And thank you very much for everything and everything that my supporters do for me. And always remember, guys, stay strong, stay armed, and I will see you out there.